just going to get set up here. I am, I, like she said, I'm Matt, <laughs> Matt Yeomans. I'm one of your pastoral staff here. Um, I normally work in uh, tech and worship department, and it's a real honor to be here with you this morning. And um, I just want to say welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're watching online. And um, I guess assuming Austin pressed record, uh, welcome on TV as well uh, next week. So um, I know you did, Austin. Great job. <laughs> So today we're going to be looking at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're continuing where Rod left off a couple of weeks ago. We're working our way through 2 Corinthians. And what I'm going to do first is uh, I'm just going to give you our all three parts, all three headings, the three main ideas of what we're going to talk about today. Um, just in case you blank out or I blank out, we got something out of this morning. And, uh, and yeah, so... This first main idea out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so you have a chance to, to look it up as well if you want, um, is we long for our resurrection bodies. Number two, the Holy Spirit is a promise and a taste. And number three, our earthly bodies can be used to please God. Uh, so that's what we find in this passage here from Paul. Uh, so another thing that we're going to do is um, I'm, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Um, I just found it was pretty, uh, uh, made it pretty easy to understand what Paul was talking about here because uh, some of the English translations um, maybe don't make it quite as clear. It can be kind of confusing when you first read this passage because we talk, he talks about tense, and uh, he uses a term that's only used uh, a couple times in the Bible to refer to tense, but every time it does, it's referring to someone's body. Uh, so for them, it's obvious. For us, it's obvious because we're reading from the New Living Translation this morning, and, it'll, and they just try to make it as clear as possible. So, um, chapter 5, verse 1 to... You know what? I'm going to try and read it off here. Let's go ahead. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee... He has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these bodies, these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So, this is part one. We long for our resurrection bodies. So first of all, do you notice that Paul, he does clarify that we aren't looking forward to being free from the physical world. We're not looking forward to just uh, spiritual separation from this, uh, from this world and just being um, a spirit without body. But he does make it very clear that we have a physical, a real resurrection body to look forward to. Uh, and that's important. 
Um, but needless to say, our current bodies are very temporary and very weak. So I would think even um, one of the things that first comes to mind, especially watching the Olympics recently, uh, is like, okay, well, yeah, my body is temporary and weak, but these Olympic athletes, like, they are the peak of physical perfection, well, depending on what event they do or whatever, but, um, but I would say that even they are probably even more aware of just how limited uh, this physical body is. They, that's what they spend all their time doing, is trying to minimize those limitations um, and those weaknesses that they know that they have and trying to, like, just bring up that level just a little bit. But they know uh, just how limited and weak the human body is. They're always uh, working through injuries and stuff like that, and, and they're still susceptible to disease and death and decay just the same way we are. Um, and I, again, this week myself, I mean, as if I needed any, any extra realization, but uh, I, had a, I had an accident myself where I'm, I don't know if you can tell I'm limping a little bit. Hopefully it's not as bad or obvious or distracting to you, but um, I had a... I was trying to get on my roof to fix something on, uh, on my front of my house that uh, I should have been getting around to maybe about five or six, seven years ago. But I'm finally looking to do this uh, last Sunday afternoon, and I extended my extension ladder, or I, and I put it up, and I realized it was too tall, so I'm trying to lower it down a little bit, trying to get the ex unextend my extension ladder, pulled it out, finally got it free, but it was slammed down and slammed right into the top of my foot, and the whole neighborhood probably heard me scream. I ran into the house and lay down and put ice on it for the rest of the day, and maybe someday I'll try to fix that roof. But uh, <laughs> I just think about what would it be like if I had my resurrection body now? Um, well, first of all, maybe I don't know what would happen with the extension ladder. Maybe it would just bounce off my foot and right back up there. Or um, Needless to say, I probably wouldn't need a ladder. I could probably just like leap up onto the roof. Um, but realistically, I wouldn't have this house in heaven either, so... I probably wouldn't need to be going up there to fix anything anyway. Uh, one other thing is, uh, so when we think about the weakness and the kind of suffering that Paul was going through here, but even just trying to describe just how hard the physical uh, body that we have now can just cause so much pain and, and it makes him long for this uh, future body, this future uh, resurrection life, um, I'm reminded of, so I, I sorry, jumping around here, that, uh, so this last July, we were able to visit my parents who were in, uh, who lived in the Lower Mainland, so it had been a couple of years, or a year and a half at least, before, since we'd seen them because of COVID, so as July, regulations for provinces opened up and we were able to visit them, and my dad had actually gone through a whole bunch of uh, just some crazy stuff in his, with his health this last year, and so um, I was able to record a little piece a couple little clips I'll show you uh, from his story of what happened. So I'm gonna, we're going to watch the first little piece right now. You know, I was, I was a pretty healthy senior citizen um, up until November of 2020. Used to do a lot of hiking and felt I was in pretty good shape, with the exception of moderately high blood pressure. Really, that was all that was wrong with me. Trouble started with uh, a sinus infection that progressed to infect my whole sinus cavities, my ears, the ear infections, and uh, jaw, around my jaw area, and so on. It, 
the pain over a period of a few weeks just got very, very intense and unbearable, and there wasn't really any painkillers that, that, that I was prescribed by the doctor that could touch it. It was like the pain level was like a 10 out of 10 day and night. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And, uh, and during the daytime, it, you know, uh, daytime and nighttime, I just paced the floor and, and uh, trying to cope with this pain, a very, very intense pain. After several months of this, I just couldn't deal with it. Came to the conclusion, like the Apostle Paul, I'd rather be in heaven than going through this experience. That seemed like a much better option and, and likely the, the road where things were, that's where it was going. So we're gonna, um, this fits really well with, uh, I felt like this relates so well to what Paul was going through. And we are going to visit the rest of the story a little bit later, because uh, that's not the whole thing. Um, but it's these times of extreme pain that cause us to consider the reality of our future hope. Paul does not just think of his current pain and how horrible it is, but he act it actually reminds him of what we are promised. And Paul himself was no stranger to all kinds of suffering. So we get a, bit, a better picture if we look uh, later in the same letter to the 2 Corinthians, uh, in chapter 11, we kind of see, we get a glimpse of some of the things that he actually went through in his body, in his earthly body. Um, so in chapter 11, verse uh, 23, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers and robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? So his amount of experience has brought him to the brink of death many times and, we, and he, he was very familiar with suffering when he talks about longing to be, to have his resurrection body, longing for heaven. And so I think that for myself, in comparison to this, I'm like, oh, my life is very, very comfortable. Um, I, don't, I don't really know what it's like. But I know for many of you, you've been through a lot of uh, very difficult situations. And you maybe can relate to Paul in suffering physically um, and being through, put through that amount of pain or emotionally, um, whether you've been... Um, just treated badly or uh, misunderstood or something that uh, has caused you immense amount of pain. And you can relate to this in a very real way. So for Paul, he didn't dwell on his discomfort though. It caused him to look forward with excitement toward his resurrection body. 
Um, we also see this, uh, this similar idea that he's uh, talking about. He had talked about in Romans chapter 8 as well. So I'm going to read that just to give us a, uh, another picture of this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pain of childbirth right up into the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit with us, within us as a foretaste of the future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. So, in the midst of suffering we experience here, we should allow it to focus our perspective on the future glory that we will experience. Uh, we're now going to talk about the second part. The Holy Spirit is a foretaste and a promise of this future glory. So, even in the midst of groaning of a groaning creation and weak bodies, there's just one caveat or a monkey wrench thrown into kind of this, all this death and decay of where the world is going is we have the Holy Spirit. We have God himself that comes and indwells us and interacts in our world and does all sorts of um, amazing things within our, in a, within our life and within our, the, the body of our church, within just uh, within the believers. And, and so he's kind of causing a mess. with all, So the world is kind of going this way, but the Holy Spirit... Uh, comes and just messes everything up. And in a way, you could say everything's messed up, and he starts to straighten things out and make things right, make things look a bit more like what heaven is like. So uh, we have this idea of, so I, we, I don't know if you've heard the term already, but not yet. Um, and often it's talking about, uh, we have already have Christ. Uh, the incarnation, Jesus has, has the Son of God has, has intersected uh, creation and just and visited us, become one of us, and and caused uh, a route for salvation for all of us, and uh, so we have this idea of like he's already come, but it's not yet the full the full fulfillment of heaven and the new heaven and new earth. We're not quite there yet, but I also like to think of it as not yet. We don't have that yet because we're we've been in this situation for a while, all of our lives anyway. Of Christ has already come, and we can we can depend on him. But, so, not yet, but already. We already have a taste. And we already have this promise, Paul says, of, yeah, you will, you will get, be resurrected. You will have this new life. You have a hope of heaven because the Holy Spirit is proof of that. He's the promise, but he's also a taste of what it's like. Um, so, let, we're going to pick up on the next, uh, we're going to kind of finish off the part that we're going to watch of uh, my dad's story right now. Uh, we had been out on a, on a hike. I just decided I needed to get some exercise. Maybe that'll help me sleep. And, uh, but I was in my emaciated condition and weakness and, and pain. And I, uh, I went on too long of a hike. We ran into some friends um, on the trail. And when they looked at me, they were shocked. And, and, um, they immediately said they wanted to uh, pray for me, and they did. 
right there on the trail. Other people walking by and husband and wife, uh, their names Bob and Bev Dirksen, they laid hands on me and, and prayed. I couldn't hear them because I had, you know, I was deaf in both ears and I, I couldn't hear. I was shaking and weak and thought, I wish they'd let me get going or let me, let me lay down or something because I, I couldn't hardly stand up anymore. It was that night that I woke up. Uh, with with no pain. The pain was gone. Totally gone. All I could feel was sort of a, like an, an, a pleasant numb feeling across my head. And, the, and that was the beginning of a healing journey that I've been on now for several months. Eventually they did decide that I did have cancer in the in the sinus area and that I needed immediate surgery to to take a, a a deeper biopsy when we got the diagnosis of cancer and there's a lot of certainty in the doctor's mind that that's exactly what it was we asked our family and and uh, those that were close to us because we because I was going into surgery the next day after being diagnosed with cancer, we, we immediately got a hold of our family and siblings and so on and asked them to pray and believe that God would, would undertake for me. And he did. And I, it, was, uh, it came as a rather confusing uh, for the doctors that were doing the that did the surgery because uh, they had certainty and they even had the agreement of my family doctor that yes, that definitely is cancer. And so when it turned out not to be, they didn't really know how to explain it. So uh, one of the reasons I also wanted to share this uh, clip for you is uh, because um, uh, and I, this was a prayer request, and I know a number of you were praying for him when he went through this uh, this last spring. So, um, just wanted you to know. Want to thank you for participating in uh, in what God did there. Um, so, the Spirit is a foretaste and a promise. Well, the Holy Spirit is God Himself, and He meets us in our current situation. So, when we think of all the things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Um, and he, it's, it's God spilling into our presence. It's our future glory spilling into our present situation. He brings us a sense of the Father's love, comfort, guidance, encouragement, healing, restoration, deliverance from bondage, and so much more. He exercises the authority of Christ within and around us. His presence with us is the constant reminder of the promise of heaven while giving us a little taste of that reality. So the Spirit himself is meant to represent that promise, and we understand it a little bit better when we experience the Holy Spirit's character and power. We can appreciate God's style and how, God, how good heaven will be. So there should be no question. It will be far better to be with him in heaven than in our current situation. 
So now we're going to move on to part three. Our earthly bodies can be used to please God. So although we look forward uh, to our future bodies and we have this hope of heaven, um, we've been entrusted with our time here. And it says that we will actually, um, that we'll be judged for what we do here. So now, uh, let's, uh, here, let's, actually, sorry, I, I, <laughs> I meant to quote it, but let's read it here again, sorry. Verse 9, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So just to clarify, Paul here isn't talking about salvation. Um, there is nothing that we can do to earn heaven. And the only thing that will suffice for the payment for our sins is Jesus' payment on the cross. So he paid the way, in the only way it could be paid with a perfect and pure sacrifice. Step one, we accept the gift of his payment for our sins. It's the debt that we owe but can't afford to pay. That guarantees us access into heaven and this resurrection life. But here, he is also talking on, based on that foundation, um, there is reward to be had for how we invest our lives. Uh, Christ's work is the foundation. Whatever rewards there is will determine how we invest our lives here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So early, uh, the previous letter of the Corinthians, um, he kind of explains this a little bit more fully. So we'll read that passage now. Uh, for now, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. So what we work toward and spend this life on will be judged by God alone, and he will reward us according to his standards of what is useful to him. Uh, so I have a little, uh, just a visual help. I'm a very visual person. I'm a visual learner. And so I, I'm just going to grab something here. So this isn't my idea. This is uh, Francis Chan uses this analogy. So probably many of you have seen this before. So what we do have here is a rope. And it's, uh, let's just imagine that it goes on forever. I don't know if we can, uh, I can prove, I can't prove that it goes on forever, but I can make it look like it doesn't end. So here we go, see? Uh, this, imagine this is our life. Uh, this is our existence. But our life here in our earthly bodies will be represented to be, being very, very generous would be represented by this little piece here. This is our life on this earth. This is what we get to invest. This is what we will be uh, judged on and rewarded for, is this little piece here. Now, it seems, uh, and then it plays out. This is our future. This is our eternal life that, uh, that uh, Christ has earned for us. But what plays out here is determined for us how we choose to invest this piece here. So with our lives, are we building what God desires for us to build? 
Are we investing this little piece to please God in every way we can? So I'm not talking about striving and performing, though I'm talking about partnering with God in what he is calling us into. He will empower us by his Holy Spirit as we step out to follow his leading and be obedient to him. It's definitely not the easy route by cultural standards, but it causes us to reprioritize our values when we think of our life in light of eternity. So we can choose to obey and partner with Christ for eternal purposes now. So I know um, they're not the only ones that grapple with this, and it actually gives me a lot of hope, but um, a great example is our international workers. Every single person that I know um, that has accepted the call into an international missions is, uh, they've had to wrestle through this. They've, they've thought through this idea of, well, there is, there is a lot of uh, potential discomfort and a lot of uh, what the earth would consider as rewards to be had if we strived and were selfish with what we had here. But um, international workers, they, it's obvious. I mean, I think for many people, for, for many of us, we've had to wrestle through this idea. It's like, well, how will I invest this to please God with all of this? And I, I think that for them, uh, for international workers, it uh, it's becomes obvious because they had, to, they had to make these decisions that basically are, that affect their life decisions. They made your life decisions, basically they're saying, yep, I'm going to follow him and, and I'm going to do what he asks of me. So I'm not trying to elevate them above the rest of us, but they are us. They've also chosen obedience to God and love for the lost in some of major life decisions that they are doing. And it gives me hope to see so many. I mean, we think of, I mean, I look out here and I just see so many people who've answered that call to international work. And, and so many people that have just, that I know have surrendered their life to Christ and said, I care about eternity and I want to please God with what I have. So there is reward. We don't know specifics of what those rewards are but we know that there are rewards for a life lived that is pleasing to God. And also, God's true justice is often not served in our lifetime here. We get a skewed view of the world because we only ever see this part. And we only see a limited part of this part. We don't see everything that actually happens, but we often see injustices in the world. We see incredibly cruel things being done and people maybe not paying the price for that. But it is much better for God to to work out his true and complete justice through all of this, rather than just in this little time period here. So God does intervene in our groaning world through the power of the Holy Spirit, but God is reserving his full justice for the day that he has chosen. Um, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you come and you indwell us. We thank you for the gift of salvation, that you pave the way, that you make the foundation for, um, for, a, for the hope of new life, for the hope of uh, seeing you face to face in heaven, God. And we thank you for all the blessings that you, you bring us through the power of your presence in the Holy Spirit, interacting in our life, 
uh, over and over and over again, interacting in the life of our church over and over again, Lord. We, as we sing praises, it's because we come, things come to mind of all the ways that you have uh, intersected and interceded on our behalf, God. With grateful hearts, we, we say thank you so much. And we long and we desire to present our, the lives that we have here, the limited physical lives we have in our earthly bodies as, as yours to do with, as you will, God. Would you inspire us? Would you speak to us in the ways that you want to lead us, God? May we walk humbly. May we, may we speak truth. May we love others in the way that you love. May you bring us unity, God, and love for each other. And may you have your way. And we ask, we say, yes, Lord, your kingdom come. May you, may you interact. May you have your way. May you just mess up the ways of this world by your Holy Spirit, God. And may you bring about your kingdom, your new heaven, your new earth, God. We thank you for who you are and for your character. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be wrapping up the service here too. <laughs> you will be free to go. Sorry I went a little bit over time. But uh, we have just a couple things to remember for next week. Um, or sorry, I guess one thing to remember. Next week is two services, 9.15 and 11.15. And... Uh, there will be, it's ice cream Sunday, so there will be ice cream available between services and after the second service. And then most of all, the other thing I wanted to mention is that there is prayer for you. Is there something that you can bring before the Lord? Is there something that you're hoping that the Lord would, um, in, uh, would break into your life in on? And we have our elders and uh, other prayer team members that uh, would love to pray for you, would love um, to intercede for you right now. And so... Uh, yeah, I would welcome you. They would love to pray for you. And God would love to do something in your life. And so as you go, let me just read the, the final words from this letter uh, to the Second Corinthians uh, over you. So Second Corinthians uh, in chapter 13. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.